Hi, this is Dr. David. I wanted to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. It is great to have you here. Um, it is Saturday, April the 1st, 2023. So welcome to April. Welcome to spring. Uh, I'm glad to have you here. And I've got a lot of exciting things to share with you uh, about upcoming episodes, including another upcoming episode today, and then also about recent and past episodes too. So welcome back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast where you can get a fresh start on life and pursuits and purpose and prosperity and abundance and all of those things with each episode. So this podcast is a podcast that's all about solutions. It's all about not just highlighting problems and challenges and obstacles uh, and issues in life, but also talking about possible solutions and to help you uh, and myself and everyone else kind of look at holistic ways of addressing issues um, that help you improve as a person without getting, um, you know, addicted to medications and things like that. So this podcast, even though I talk about a lot of different topics related to, you know, living and, you know, health, general health, wellness, diet, nutrition, eating, planning, just kind of life structuring, things like that. Um, you know, it's also about mental health. Um, and as you know, my practices and the work that I do are dedicated to holistic approaches to mental health. And as I've shared before, although I am an MD, I graduated from medical school in 2010. I do not practice medicine. I don't practice psychiatry. Uh, and one of the reasons why that is, is because generally speaking, Psychiatry is about two things, diagnosing conditions and prescribing meds. And generally, that's kind of what you do. Uh, and that's something that I did not know about uh, when I started medical school. Um, my only interest during college and when I started medical school was psychiatry. That was the only thing I was interested in. And then, to my surprise, uh, when I did my clerkships in psychiatry, specifically uh, adult or general psychiatry, I learned that it's all about 15, 20, 30-minute medication management appointments. And so it's all about medications, all about pharmacy. And that just collided or, you know, was incongruent with kind of what I knew about psychiatry, uh, the things that I had learned about in terms of my interest in Sigmund Freud and Freudian analysis uh, and Erickson, Milton Erickson, and his approach to mental health and things like that. And that just didn't, wasn't something that was synonymous with, with me and who I am, I think, as a person. I just didn't want to, that, and not only that, but I know myself, and I know kind of how I like to use creativity and a formula and to be unique and specific with people. And, you know, medication management in a lot of ways isn't that. It's just, you know, making kind of an assessment using an algorithm and handing out a pill. And that's just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to offer somebody, uh, offer people, clients, uh, holistic, alternative, and, and and just kind of based upon the principle that the first thing that we shouldn't grab is a temporary Band-Aid, which is a pill, right? That's not the first thing I think we should grab. Um, in acute and emergency situations, that's always a great option to have. Uh, and even in a lot of long-term solutions, um, in, term, in terms of long-term solutions of things like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, etc., uh, that might also be the case that that's needed. But I don't think our approach to every challenge or every obstacle or every problem or every issue in life should just be like, here's a pill. 
just take this and things will be better. I just don't, I think it's short-sighted. But anyway, that's why my practices exist. That's why this podcast exists, to provide um, kind of like a different approach, uh, a different methodology. And, you know, as I've expressed in my introductory podcast and the podcast, especially on medical diagnosis, treatment, and healthcare in America, and then also the one that I did in season one on mental health, you know, I also think that, you know, structurally our healthcare system is broken. And I think we have a lot of band-aids and a lot of kind of temporary kind of short-sighted solutions, but I don't think they're good for people in general. Uh, I don't think that they take into account that it's not good for people to be on addictive medications like benzodiazepines or uh, stimulants, uh, and certainly not opioids and narcotics and things like that. And I think that's part of the short-sightedness. You know, here's a pill that'll help you, that'll get you past these symptoms, and oh, well, never mind that you'll be addicted to this. You know, that's just that's not how it should work. So anyway, that's what this is all about. This is all about a fresh start. To healthcare, a fresh start to mental health and wellness, a fresh start to self-improvement and self-development, and a fresh start to you know abundance, prosperity, and success, and being uh, a better version of yourself and performing at your top capacity while taking care of self-care and self-love and things like that. And the reason why I mention those things right now is because the episode today will be with a special guest, and it'll be it'll be all about self-care. Um, self-love and all those kind of things and it'll um, I'm really really excited about it um, so anyway that will be later today um, today's podcast episode is all about time so uh, I've mentioned this to several people a lot of people have expressed a lot of interest uh, and they should because time is the most valuable resource you have and it also can be your greatest liability and generally speaking for a lot of people it's their greatest liability right it's the biggest loss that they have. And so that's what this episode is all about. Obviously, I can't cover every single facet of time in one episode. Uh, and I could always do another episode. I mean, honestly, if you're talking about, you know, having a, a child uh, or an adolescent or things like that, and you wanted to talk about, like, for instance, the concept of timeouts, you could have a whole hour long podcast just about time uh, timeouts or about conservation of time, or about productivity, or about timelines and timetables and deadlines and things like that. So anyway, I'm going to cover all the general topics and, and general kind of ways that we look at time. Hopefully, I'll mention some ways that you may not think about time. Um, but anyway, this episode is all about time. Um, let me also just kind of tell you a little bit about some of the recent episodes and upcoming episodes. Um, like I said, there is an upcoming episode today, so today's uh, a day where I'm doing two podcast episodes, which is very atypical, but hey, that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, the upcoming episode today with a special guest is all about self-care and self-love, um, which people usually use as synonymously, but they're actually slightly different. Uh, and we'll talk about some, some of the nuances and differences and distinctions between those two things. Um, but they're closely related, so it's okay if you use those interchangeably. Um, but we'll talk about the differences between them. Uh, so that's upcoming later on today. And that episode will probably be broadcast somewhere between now and early next week. Uh, and it's unique in, in that it'll be an audio podcast, but it's also going to be on video. So there'll be a video of it on YouTube with my special guest. So I'm excited about that, uh, which is a first for me because I can't remember the last time that I recorded anything on video. But hey, sometimes life forces you or challenges you or incentivizes you or nudges you to go outside your comfort zones. 
So that's an opportunity for me to go outside a comfort zone for myself in terms of being videotaped. But hey, you gotta sometimes you have to jump into the water, right? That's all about growth. Um, in order to grow, you have to challenge and overcome your current comfort zones, right? And, and I've talked about that a million times on recent episodes uh, from the beginning. Speaking of recent episodes, uh, definitely check out some of the recent episodes. So I recently did an episode on um, spring and the use and power of the seasons. So that was, uh, and I could have called it energy, actually. Uh, and I'll probably do an upcoming podcast on energy and different types of energy. But that podcast episode was all about the concept of spring. Spring is a time of planting seeds. That's a huge concept that I use in my practice. I nudge and influence and push people to go outside of their comfort zones and and plant seeds that they hadn't planted, that they procrastinated about, that they pushed off, that they've avoided. Um, so that's part of what I do. Um, and that's what I think that's unique about coaching, uh, as opposed to just therapy. Uh, although you can, there's a lot of crossover between the two, but specifically with coaching, I nudge my, my clients to go outside their comfort zones. I want them to grow. I don't want them to be the same people that they were when they came to me. I want them to be better, uh, more improved, more resilient, more dynamic versions of themselves. Uh, and dynamic is a word that I used, uh, in a recent podcast, um, and also be using it in future podcasts, but that's one of my favorite words. I love the word dynamic because dynamic implies that you're stable, but you're also flexible uh, and, and you can change with conditions. So I love the word dynamic. Um, when I think of some of the words that I love, I love the word resilient. And as you know, my project, which you should donate to, by the way, uh, you know, that I started my 501c3 to help adolescents, young adults, uh, and teens um, with life coaching um, to help them move forward past challenges and to prevent them from being part of the next generation of people who need psychiatric help is is about that. And it's called the Resilient Project, uh, Resiliency Project, the Resilience Project. So anyway, um, I, that's one of my favorite words because resilient is sort of like dynamic. A resilient is uh, a resiliency or resilience is the ability uh, to move past adverse circumstances uh, in a positive way. So that's what resilience is, rising to the challenge. And I think that's that's something that you should grow as a mental muscle. Uh, and the same thing about being dynamic, right? That's being able to be stable but yet flexible, which is not always easy. Uh, and sometimes people see those things as being diametrically opposed, but I don't think I don't think they are. I think you can I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think you can be stable. Uh, and stoic to some extent uh, and strong, but also be malleable and flexible, right? And we have substances, you know, that we've created in or that are natural that show those characteristics. So anyway, definitely tune into the most recent episode that I did about the power of spring, the power of uh, the power of springing forward, the power of planting, the power of planning. And all those kind of things and just kind of the energy that goes along with spring and the energy that goes with the other seasons, right? And in that particular episode, I used the, pro the, 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 um, the concept from physics of recoil, right? Recoil is how you spring forward uh, from a stationary position. And it's usually after pressure has been applied, right? So springing forward is all about kind of a fresh start, jumping forward 
after a period of harvest or rest. Uh, and I use the concept of recoil or recoil from physics to do that. So definitely tune into that episode. I also did recent episodes on the uh, the train derailment in Ohio and just kind of general principles uh, about the environment. Um, I also did some recent episodes on some other topics that I think that, that you'll really, really, really like. Um, I have some upcoming podcast episodes that are going to be on topics such as uh, codependency and boundaries and setting priorities and decision-making and things like that. Um, As you know, uh, or may not know, um, the first episode of this season, which is season two, which was all about New Year's resolutions, planning, and things like that. There was also a closely tied episode from uh, last year um, or late 2022, which was the end of uh, the first season, which was about uh, holiday habits and rituals, right? Um, there are also going to be upcoming episodes about the pandemic, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and just kind of general principles about the pandemic and viruses and, and responses to it and things like that. And that'll probably be two episodes. They'll also be doing a, a podcast about health insurance, uh, about HSAs, which are health savings accounts, about FSAs, which are flexible healthcare spending accounts. So we'll be doing episodes about those things. Um, and also be doing um, some episodes about things like grief and grieving and bereavement um, and loss and acceptance. Acceptance is another big principle um, that I strongly embrace in my practices. And I think that one of the things that prevents people from moving forward is a lack of acceptance. And usually before you have acceptance, you have to have awareness and acknowledgement and then acceptance comes. So I'll be doing a whole episode about that. So stay tuned for the upcoming episodes and definitely check out the uh, the previous episodes. Listen, subscribe, and please rate this podcast. That makes a big difference. Please give it a thumbs up or a five-star rating if that's how you feel. Subscribe to it. Please share it with others. That helps the podcast to grow and reach more people. To me, that's the power of kind of karma and giving back. It's also about paying it forward. So when you help someone else, you also help yourself and you just help everyone, right? Um, so definitely do that. And also, please, even if you just donate a dollar, donate a dollar uh, to this podcast. If you go on my Facebook page or check out my groups, my Facebook groups um, online, it's easy to do that. I'll just tell you those Facebook groups. They are Fresh Start with Dr. David. Facebook group, which is a private Facebook group, New Balance with Dr. David, which is also a private group, and then Grow, capital G-R-O-W, all caps, which is public and shareable. And I would definitely recommend, if you're going to join just one of them, join the Grow group because you get more from that group than you get from the other groups. It also gives you the ability to share any of the positive affirmations, daily motivational quotes, positive inspirations, things like that from the group easily. You can just click the share button. And the private groups, you can't do that on Facebook. And, you know, sometimes you'll see people ask, can you make this shareable on on private groups? And you can't. And that's not anything to do with the person who created the group. It's Facebook rules um, of privacy, right? So that's one of the benefits of joining Grow My, My Public Facebook group is that you can easily share things and you can invite others. So definitely check those out. Um, So anyway, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, One other thing I did want to mention, another kind of special announcement, is this. I will be an upcoming guest speaker for Amerigroup. They're doing a training on holistic health and wellness, uh, mental health and wellness, and just kind of healthy parenting 
and family. So I will be the guest speaker for Amerigroup next month, and I definitely want you to tune into that. You can email me at mlcofgreateratlanta at gmail.com. Uh, that's my primary email email address, and I can give you uh, the information about it. You can also check on Facebook. I will be publicly announcing it. But yeah, I'll be giving a presentation for Amerigroup on which is a training that they do. They do regular trainings, which is admirable, uh, on holistic health and wellness, on mental health and wellness, and also about parenting and families. So definitely stu stay tuned for that. That's going to be a really, really good uh, thing. And I believe that the I believe that the training is going to be recorded, and I'm also going to record it and, and have it as an episode on here. So it'll be here too. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, without further ado, uh, welcome back. Again, to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast, where you can get a fresh start uh, with each episode. And um, I'm going to jump into the concept of time, T-I-M-E. Um, when I think about time, you know, time is a measurement. Um, you know, there are a lot of different ways to think about time. And I, I believe that the more, the more unique and different ways that you think of time, the better you're going to be at it managing time, saving time, things like that, right? Time is kind of uh, like money, right? Um, there are a few things, and I could totally, actually, now that I think about it, I could do an episode on this because this is a really, really good topic. But um, I've heard other speakers, you know, as you know, I believe in the law of attraction. And the law of attraction talks about kind of a currency that most people haven't thought about until the concept of the law of attraction came out, right? Um, and every once in a while, there's something that's kind of enigmatic that, that people talk about and think about. And the law of attraction is one of those things. But, you know, the thing that I'm thinking of is kind of the concept of currency, right? There are all kinds of currency. Um, the main one that we think about in America and, and most countries or most people think about it is money, right? But money is just one type of currency, uh, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, it, the types of currency are vastly different and divergent and, uh, they span. So time is one type of currency, right? Uh, and it's a very, very valuable type of currency. Money is another type of currency. Uh, energy is a type of currency. Electricity obviously is a type of currency because that's why we call it a current, an electrical current, Right. And a lot of people don't think about it like that, but that's why that phrase exists. Uh, electrical current, right? Um, so it's a currency that's in the form of electricity, right? Um, and, you know, or energy. You could look at electricity as energy, as a type of energy. Um, but they're all kinds of currency. Um, your personality is a type of currency. Um, values and beliefs are a type of currency. So there's so many different types of currency. So I'll definitely be doing an episode about it now that I think about it. But yeah, so time is one of our valuable types of currency, you know, along with the other types of currency that we have. And, um, you know, it, I tried to come up with, I, I looked up a few different definitions of, of time, but I actually totally used one that I kind of came up with because I remember... Uh, one of the phrases, uh, I'm a big music, you know, I love music. I love different types of music um, ranging from, you know, um, rock and roll to R&B, 
um, to dance, to classical music, and, you know, almost everything in between. Uh, there are a couple of different types of music that I don't necessarily gravitate towards, even though um, usually there's at least one or two artists who are from that genre that I like, right? But I love I love music. Music is one of those things that I just think soothes the soul, and it, it's just kind of a form of energy, another form of currency that's really, really good, right? So talent is another type of currency, uh, and musical talent or musical expression is one of those. Um but you know, in terms of um, in terms of um, music um, and and things like that, there's a there's a group that I really really like. I, I'm a big fan of electronic music, and there's a group uh, called Orbital. Um, one of my favorite movies is the movie Event Horizon, and it's basically uh, about this scientist, this doctor, Doctor Weir, who's I guess a physicist. And he comes up with this way to basically fold space by creating an artificial black hole, which I, I don't think is a good idea um, because it's kind of like playing God, right? And usually when we play God, whether it's in a lab, you know, where COVID-19 probably came from, or in some other way, when we as humans play God, it doesn't usually end up with a good result, right? Whether you're talking about atoms and bombs and those types of things, or if you're talking about viruses in a lab, or if you're talking about manipulating DNA, uh, or the weather, or kind of some of the things that we're doing to this planet to change it, when we, as humans, play God, it usually doesn't turn out, turn out very well. Uh, and, you know, that brings up the concept of time again, because one of the reasons why nature does such a good job, nature and the environment, this planet, before we kind of got started doing things, did such a good job is because it had time, right? When you do things, the longer you have time to do things or the longer you take to do things, it's probably going to be a better result. When you rush things like we do in labs, it's usually gonna not going to be a better result. Or when you throw a pill at somebody, you're, you're usually not going to get a good long-term result because the solution wasn't long-term. A short-sighted solution brings a short-sighted result. Uh, and that's just just basic math, right? You usually don't get a long, a good, strong, sturdy, long-term solution, a high-quality one, from a short-sighted um, um, approach or strategy. It just doesn't usually work that way. Uh, occasionally it does, but usually not. But anyway, this uh, this group Orbital that that produced the soundtrack for Event Horizon, uh, there's a one of their songs um, has a uh, not a remix, but kind of like a little phrase that they pulled from a movie and it says and I think I actually know which movie but it's the phrase is this even a stopped clock keeps the right time twice a day which is to me a brilliant principle um and um you know basically is even something that's broken gets it right occasionally right even but if just by chance or happenstance or accident, right? Uh, and that's one of my favorite phrases. I think when I first joined Facebook, when it had a thing where you could put your favorite phrase, I think that's what mine was. Um, but it's even a stopped clock keeps the right time twice a day. Uh, and I, I think it, there's so much wisdom in it. You could write a book about that concept. Um, so when I wanted to come up with a definition for time, that's what I came up with, uh, which is similar to that, right? So my definition of time is the movement of life. You could also call it the measurement of life, right? The measurement of life uh, um, in terms of units, time, right? 
You could also, of course, measure life by some other things, but it's that's for me the movement of the life of life uh, characterizes it the best. You could also call it the clock of life, right? That's another way. So some of the kind of ways that I came up with defining time were the movement of life, right, and the clock of life. And to me, those are kind of very similar because a clock ticks, right, by using the movement of a hand, analog, traditionally, right? So that's kind of what I came up with for time as a definition. I'm going to breeze through a lot of these things just because I only have so much time and I want to kind of get through everything. Um... But let me just tell you some of the topics that I'm going to cover um, during this podcast. So we talked about kind of the concept of time and the definition that I came up with for time, the movement of life, the clock of life. Um, but let me just tell me tell you about the broad things I want to cover in this podcast. Number one, time management. Two, time productivity. Time efficiency. Time conservation. Time accounting, right? Time organization or the organization of time, right? Um, which is another way of seeing management, right? When you organize things, that allows you to manage it. So that's kind of how management and organization are tied. Uh, a lot of pe- times people do use the words time, uh, management and organization synonymously, but they're really not the same thing. Organizing things is structuring them so they're easy to manage. So organization adds to management or allows or facilitates management, right? Um, what else? Time distortions. I'll talk about those. I'll talk about time constraints. I'll also so talk about the variables of time, and some of those actually will actually be upcoming episodes, right, uh, of the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. And then the last thing, time matching and time synchronization, which is something a lot of times, a lot of the time that people don't really think about. So I'll go through those again. I already talked about the definition of time and the concept of time and what time is. I'll be talking about time management, about time productivity or the productivity of time, the time uh, of uh, time in the sense of efficiency or efficiency of time, time conservation, time accounting, right? Um, time organization, time distortions, time constraints, time variables and time matching and time synchronization. So I'm going to try to breeze through this stuff in the next 20 minutes. (laughs) So anyway, uh, bear with me. So the first thing is management or time management. I think time management is really, really important because we are managers, right? We have to manage ourselves. We have to manage our lives. We have to manage our money. We have to manage our time, and as a valuable resource, you definitely want to be able to manage your time, right? So time management is really, really important, and when you talk about time, that's usually the phrase that most people hear. They don't hear about time constraints or time variables or time matching or time synchronization or time organization or time accounting. Maybe you'll hear about time conservation. You usually may hear about things like efficiency and productivity, uh, in terms of time, but we don't call it that. But time management is probably the most most used phrase associated with time, right? And usually somebody will say, well, you know, you just don't manage time well or you need to work on your time management. So time management is really, really important because that's what you try to do with valuable and sometimes invaluable resources. You manage them, right? Uh, because if you snooze, you lose. And in terms of time, that's definitely the case, right? So you've got to learn to manage your time. And that's what this podcast episode is all about, helping you to do that. Uh, So that's time management. 
And I actually might do a whole episode just on time management. Uh, but time, time management is just one facet of time. All right. Time productivity. Productivity is really, really important. You talk about people talk about that a lot in business, but productivity is so important these days. Uh, and productivity is kind of a measurement of time management, right? So productivity is how well you manage your time or how much you produce in a certain amount of time more specifically. And it's closely tied to efficiency. So if you want to be a well-functioning machine or a well-functioning person, right? You want to be productive and you want to be efficient, right? Productive um, and pr productivity and efficiency are different, uh, even though people often use those uh, interchangeably, but people who've studied those things don't. They are different. Productivity is how much you produce, right? And it may be based upon the total quantity of something that you produce or the quality of what you produced or both or how much you produce and the quality of it over a specific amount of time, right? And that's where time productivity comes in. So usually when somebody wants you to be productive, it's not just the quantity you produce, but it's the quality of what you produce in what period of time. And generally speaking, you get more rewarded for producing a high uh, quantity of a product, a high quality of the product in the shortest amount of time. And generally speaking, the better you are at that, the better success you have, the higher level of performance you have, right? Which is what productivity really is a reflection of performance. And then usually the more money you make from it. So you usually get rewarded. People who can do things at a high quality at a high quantity in a shorter amount of time, which is not easy, by the way, uh, usually get rewarded for that, right? And you see those concepts all the time. You know, when you think about places, you know, think about if you choose to dine, let's say, let me choose um, some a restaurant in Atlanta. Okay, so if you go to St. Regis, the St. Regis, and go to Atlas, which is one of the most expensive places in town, you're probably not going to get your meal in the same time that you would get it if you go to McDonald's, Right? McDonald's focus is, is on, obviously, on quantity. They want to get the most, highest number of people in and out of that restaurant or through the drive-thru uh, more frequently as possible. Uh, with somewhere like Atlas, it's about the quality. It's about the ambiance. It's about the experience. It's all about quality. So that's where you talk about quality versus quantity, right? Whether you're talking about eating or food uh, or experience or you're talking about a car, right? The same thing is true for a car, right? And usually you pay more for the quality versus the quantity approach, right? Um, but you want to look at both, right? So productivity is all about how much you produce and the quality, the quantity, and how long it takes you to produce it. Closely tied to that, as I said, is the concept of efficiency. Efficiency is kind of like a measure of how well you do something quickly, right? How efficient are you? And what that means basically is, you know, in terms of producing something over a period of time, how much of the time is wasted and how much of the time is conserved, right? So efficiency and productivity, to a certain extent, are kind of functions of management, but they're also functions of conservation of time, which is what I'm going to come to next, or the accounting of time, right? So generally speaking, the more efficient you are, the more that you're going to get done in a smaller amount of time. That's what efficiency is. And what you want to do, obviously, is become more efficient. 
especially with time, because if you're efficient with your time, right, uh, which a lot of times requires other ingredients like focus and concentration and things like that and attention, right, and the ability to um, ignore distractions, things like that. So a lot of things actually go into efficiency and productivity and time management, but especially especially efficiency, right? If you want to be efficient at something, you've got to stay focused. And sometimes that inquire, it requires a specific environment. I know that I did that when I was in college. Um, I think all through childhood, I had symptoms of ADHD. Um, and, every, you know, and it usually showed up on my report card, you know, uh, it would usually say, oh, well, you know, David's a very bright child. He, he got straight A's or, you know, he did really, really well. He performed superiorly. But after he finishes his work, he either stares in the space or he disturbs other people and he talks too much. I mean, <laughs> that's what every report card, I think, said from, gosh, from kindergarten or the first grade all the way up through, I don't know, probably sixth, sixth grade. And after that, I think... Things changed um, in me and, and things like that. But that's what all of my elementary from, you know, kindergarten, first grade, all the way up until sixth grade. That's what almost every report card said. Um, and I mean, I made almost straight A's. Uh, I could probably name off the B's that I made between first grade and sixth grade. Now, well, seventh grade was a different uh, story. Um, I think that's when I got my first C uh, in the highest number of B's I'd ever gotten. But, you know, that's what every report card said. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I learned in college, though, uh, when you have to perform at a higher level, is I needed an environment that was conducive to me being productive and efficient. And for me, that was a library. Um, and so that's something that, you know, you can think of if you have ADHD, if you are ADHD, AD, ADD or ADHD, if you have trouble focusing and concentrating, you definitely want to change environment. Environment is everything when it comes to efficiency and productivity. And that's why we have things like factories. And that's why we have things like libraries and hospitals and offices and office complexes and law firms and administration buildings and all these structures that we have are designed for productivity and efficiency, right? That's what they are for. That's the reason why we have hospitals, right? Or why you have one big hospital that has, I don't know, 300 beds instead of 10 hospitals that have 30 beds, right? That's the reason why, because you can be more efficient and more productive with that big facility. Now, once you get so big, it can become, you know, so massive, it's too much to control and you don't want that. And that's why we have size constraints on things, right? So efficiency is all about, about a certain amount of productivity uh, over a certain amount of time without making mistakes and without wasting time. And like I said, a lot of times that requires an environment. And so if you aren't being productive or efficient, you need to probably look at the environment where you're trying to get things done. That might be the difference. There might be some other factors too. And that's something that you would come to my office for and we could totally work through uh, and, and, and you know put you in a position where you're being more efficient, more productive, and you're, you're saving time, right? Uh, and using time rather than wasting time or losing time or wasting, you know, those types of things, right? That brings me to the concept of time conservation, right? And I've kind of alluded to it already when I talked about time management, time productivity, and time efficiency. But time conservation is really important. And I think it's really, really important in terms of your vocabulary and how you say things, right? 
how you voice things, how you express things. Because the words that you use out loud and in your mind make a big difference on how you perform. So some of those are saving time or making time or losing time or wasting time. And we all use these phrases all the time. <laughs> Their time comes again. But they're really, really important. Um, and so you want to start using language, if possible, that reflects time conservation, right? Those would be phrases like, I save time, I make time, I create time, right? Versus phrases like, lose time or waste time. We have a way of becoming what we say. And so if you're using the wrong language and putting that out there, if your affirmations are negative, right? I'm losing time, I'm wasting time, right? Versus... I save time, or I make time, or I create time, then you're going to do that. So you want to change the language that you use. If you're constantly using phrases like, oh my God, I've lost my time, or I'm losing time, or I'm wasting time, then you're going to continue to do that. So you want to change that language. The next thing, uh, concept, time accounting. Um, and that's just kind of a general rule. This also comes, uh, all these things are related. But this is kind of looking at time in terms of how it falls on a balance sheet, right? If you use a balance sheet to manage things, whether it's money or time or energy or talent, it's going to be a life changer for you. And I do that. I help my clients to do that and learn that skill, that technique, that methodology in my office. So if you book an appointment, we'll definitely do that. But you need to look at things in terms of assets and liabilities. Those are the basic, the basic categories on a balance sheet, right? Uh, and your life, you know, and how it unfolds, it's kind of like a balance sheet. Your journey is like a balance sheet in some way, right? And so you want to make sure that you're creating an asset or using time as an asset instead of a liability, right? And if you're wasting time and losing time, then time is a liability for you, not an asset, right? You Time is a resource just like anything else. And whether that resource becomes an asset or a liability is up to you, right? Um the next thing, time organization. That's one of the really, really important things because organizing times allows you to manage it. It allows you to be productive. It allows you to be efficient. It allows you to conserve it. And it allows you to uh, uh, account for it, right? So time organizing things, which involves planning, by the way, which is one of the most important things that you can do is really important. So in terms of time organization, you want to think about things like timelines, and deadlines, and timetables, and timeframes, and ultimatums, and even a timeout is, is a way of organizing time. And then also specific things like calendar schedules and events. One of the biggest things that I'd like to kind of talk about or mention when it comes to time organization is this. Um, and this is just kind of a general principle, but um, it, it's a principle about inertia, uh, and it's also a, a principle about kind of motivation. But if you don't create a timeline or a timetable or a time frame or deadlines, you're going to basically lose time, right? And that's just part of time management and time organization. So you have to organize your time in order to manage it, right? Organization, then management, right? And in order to do that, you've got to use timelines, timetables, <clears throat> time frames, and deadlines. And so if you just say, well, I'm going to lose weight, and that's it, you'll never lose weight. But if you put a deadline and say, you know what, I'm going to lose five pounds in the next 60 days, that's a different story, right? 
because you're putting a mark in the sand. You're creating a deadline for something to happen. And that negates or necessitates, I'm sorry, not negates, it necessitates you to take action. And so that's part of what you want to do is if you're planning to lose weight, you've got to put a deadline on it. You can't just say, I'm going to lose five pounds or I'm going to lose 10 pounds. You'll never lose it, right? You've got to put a deadline on it. You got to say, even if you don't fully meet it, let's say you put, you say, I want to lose five pounds in 60 days. You know, by doing that, you're more likely to lose more weight than not, right? Even if you don't lose the five pounds, let's say you lose three or four, right? If you hadn't said that and put that deadline there, you probably wouldn't lose any. If, if anything, you might gain weight because you've created an expectation, but you haven't created a timetable for achieving it, right? Which can create, become a stressor. So you want to have timelines, timetables, timeframes, deadlines, and you want to use calendars, schedules, and events and things like that to do it. What you don't want to do is create things that are unrealistic, right? So you want to come up with things that apply a little bit of pressure on you to get it done, but not so much that it's overwhelming, right? And I talk about that in previous podcasts, right? I talk about that in Stability, the, the one that I did with uh, my special guest and client, Maylot. I also talked about it in the last uh, episode that I did about uh, spring, right? So pressure in the use of a stressor, right? A certain level of anxiety is good up to a certain point, but when it gets overwhelming, which happens when you put the expectations as, as, as being unachievable or, or too high based on the probability that something is going to succeed or happen, then that just makes matters worse, right? And an easy example of that is, oh, well, you know, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in one week. Well, you know, <laughs> that's going to stress you out. You don't want to do that, right? So that's organization of time. The next category, time distortions, right? And time distortions is interesting because the way that I describe that or, or define that is time distortions allow you to change how time feels, right? Time has a feeling to it. We don't think about time that way, but it does, right? You can feel time and you can feel time pass. And there's things, there are things that you can do to make time feel like it's passing faster and things you can do to make it feel like it's passing more slowly, right? And generally, that's depending on whether you like doing something or whether you dread it, right? If you dread studying, if you're, you know, <laughs> if you're pre-med or pre-law or pre-this or pre-that and you're in undergrad or you're in graduate school and you hate studying, sitting in that library, and I can tell you as somebody with ADHD or ADD that I've struggled with my entire life, I can tell you that it's tough. It was tough for me. Uh, it's amazing that I actually made it through medical school, honestly, because it, it was so hard to focus. And, you know, for me, I had to have a really, really quiet environment. There couldn't be a lot of noises and things like that. And, you know, honestly, in medical school, even when you took a test, you know, you'd be sitting in a room with 60, 100, 200 people or whatever, all turning papers. And it, it just, you know, for somebody with ADD, it's tough. But you've got to think about how time feels, right? And, Specifically, there are two things that I can think of specifically that kind of change how time feels, um, and actually a couple more. One of them is stimulants, right? So if you take, drink coffee, or or on a stimulant medication, which I higher, highly uh, recommend that you not be on. If you have ADHD symptoms or ADD symptoms, um, please come to my office so I can help you get over those symptoms and manage and address those uh, symptoms associated with attention, focus, concentration, uh, distractions, and things like that in a holistic way. 
But stimulants can change how time passes, right? The other thing that can do it is the opposite, depressants, right? Things that depress your nervous system, like alcohol, benzodiazepines, marijuana, things like that. So both of those things kind of change the concept of time. The other thing, um, which is what I mentioned earlier, that changes time is whether you enjoy something or, with, or whether you dread doing it, right? Or every shade of gray in between that. That's probably the biggest thing that changes how time feels, right? You can use substances to kind of change the way that time feels, but the biggest is whether you enjoy doing something or, wh or whether you dread doing it. And if you enjoy it, it's typically going to feel like time is flying or moving really, really quickly. Uh, and if you dread doing it or if you hate it, then like a, you know, a, a kid with ADHD having to do a timeout, it's going to be awful. Time is going to feel like it's standing still, right? So you feel time basically when you enjoy something or you dread it, right? The next thing, time constraints. There are a lot of constraints on our time. The only thing that I'm going to mention really about time constraints <coughs> is that you be strategic about it, right? You look at how much time you have and you decide what's going to constrain your time and not constrain it. That's totally up to you. And if you come in my office, we can do that. We can look at your time constraints and work around them, right? Or work through them. That's how you come up with a solution is you work around something or you work through it, right? Or you discover the reason why the problem exists in the first place. Um, the next thing, time variables, right? Some of the more important variables that I think that I think are specifically related basically to you know personality and to just kind of life planning is uh, planning itself, right? Planning your time, strategy, action, and then two concepts, which are procrastination and patience, right? Which are kind of, in some way, kind of related. Um, but very, the most important variable to me in terms of, or the two most important variables to me when it comes to time are planning. You've got to plan it ahead of time. <laughs> well, there the word time comes again, right? And that's so funny that that phrase is popular. And the reason why is because those two things go together. There's a reason why that phrase just rolled out of my lips just then. You know, you've got to plan things ahead of time. And I say that all the time because planning and time go together. Planning is another way of being efficient about your time, right? And being conservative about it. Because if you don't plan your time, you're probably going to lose it or waste it. Um, you've got to use strategy and action steps. So the more quickly you are willing to act, the less likely you are to lose time or waste time. And then that brings us to, to, to the two other concepts that I just mentioned, procrastination and patience. When you procrastinate, <clears throat> excuse me, when you procrastinate, basically, <clears throat> you're using time to put off doing something, right? And then patience is kind of, is kind of related to that. Patience is basically a quality that you have in terms of getting something and being willing to wait a certain amount of time before you get it, right? That's what patience is about. And patience, obviously, is a virtue. You hear that phrase all the time. And patience is a virtue. But so is planning. Planning is a virtue, too. So the ability to plan, I think, is just as virtuous as patience. Another concept that's related to that that I think is really, really important is kind of this concept that a lot of people don't realize or appreciate. There's a difference between being patient right? Waiting for something to happen uh, based on an expectation um, and just kind of waiting around, right? There's a difference and that has to do with whether you're losing time or wasting time, right? There's, you know, patience is a virtue, 
But that doesn't mean that you just wait around for things to happen, right? You're patient about the things that are more controllable by other people and other forces. But the things that you have control over, you don't just wait around on, right? And that's the difference between being patient and just waiting around, right? Patience is a good thing. But the things that you're patient about are the things that once you've done your part, you don't have any more control over, right? But just waiting for things to happen, that's wasting time. That's losing time. And, and a lot of people don't understand the difference or appreciate the difference between those two. But if you do, you're going to save and make and create time rather than losing and wasting it. And then the last category that I'm going to talk about is another concept that most people, that's similar to, to time distortions, um, that most people don't really think about in terms of time, but it, which is time matching and time synchronization, right? Time, the rhythm, time has a rhythm to it and a tempo, right? Um, and different circumstances have a different tempo. And when you recognize those and you see which one matches with you, you're going to make better use of your time, right? Time also can have a rhythm in terms of your behaviors and actions. So as you do certain things or behave in certain ways, they have a certain tempo. And that tempo is based on a rhythm, right? And when you get better at doing that, you'll you'll be more productive and more efficient, right? Examples of that are when you run or take a jog or when you go on a hike or if you watch a movie, things like that, right? That has a tempo to it. Another thing about time matching and time synchronization is, is midlife crisis and other life crises. And the reason why I mention that is because people talk about midlife crises, but we have crises all the time, right? In terms of different ages, when you turn 20, right? When you turn 30, when you turn 40, when you turn 50, you don't have to be 50 to have a midlife crisis or 55 or whatever. We have different kind of time-based crises all the time. And it's kind of important to kind of keep note of those, right? Uh, and get some insight and just kind of reflect and be aware of it. Um, the other concept is taking time off. Taking time off is really, really important. You need to take breaks. You need to take vacations. You need to take time off, right? And when you take time off, a lot of some people think of that as losing time or wasting time. It's not. Taking time off is a planned step so you can reset and reboot and get a fresh start, right? That's not losing time or wasting time. That's actually conserving time because after you take time off, when you come back and resume, you're going to be better and more productive and more efficient, right? Um, then the next concept is kind of jumping back in after taking time off. Like I said, you're probably going to be more refreshed. You're going to be more productive. You're going to be more efficient. Uh, and there are steps that you should take when you jump back in. So when you come back from a vacation, you should jump back in a certain way. And definitely, you know, schedule an appointment at my office if you have trouble, if you haven't taken a vacation in a long time, if you feel like you're burned out, you're exhausted, you need a reboot, you need to restart, you need to reset, we'll totally talk about how you should jump back in after you've done that. There's a way that you should do it uh, that's going to make you better in terms of preventing you from becoming exhausted and burned out the next time around. If you don't, you're going to end up in the same situation again. And then last thing, timing actions changes, reactions, moves, and conservations, um, right? Um, and that's just kind of timing things out, right? Timing the action, the timing, the tempo, the flow of things, right? And then changing time. You can change time too. Um, that's another concept of, of time or dimension of time that people don't think about. But you can change times, right? 
mean, people do that all the time when they swap, they swap one spot for another, but you can do that in a lot of different areas of your, your time, of your life. And if you do that, if you swap doing something on one day for another day, you're going to see you're going to be more productive and efficient. Uh, and then also how you react to time and how time moves, right? Um, so anyway, those are all the concept of time, concepts about time that I wanted to talk about today. I'll go through those again, right? No, number one was the definition that I provided for time, the movement of life, the clock of life. Um, the others, time management, time productivity, time efficiency, time conservation, which is saving, making, losing, wasting, throwing away time, creating time, time accounting, right? Time is an asset or a liability, right? And there's some, some gray areas too. Time organization, right? The use of timelines, timetables, timeframes, deadlines, ultimatums, timeouts, uh, calendars, schedules, and events that help you mark time and plan time and schedule time. Time distortion, right? Whether you enjoy something or dread doing something. And if you dread doing something like studying, if you have ADHD or ADD, there are things that I can do to help you so that you don't dread the time as much, right? You can schedule an appointment for that. Um, but the other things that distort time are the use of stimulants like coffee, caffeine, uh, those types of things. And then depressants like alcohol and benzodiazepines, right? And marijuana. And in a lot of cases, you don't necessarily recognize that as much with the depressants usually because usually those are followed by sleep. Usually when people drink or they take a benzodiazepine or use marijuana, they're about to go to bed and they don't feel the time distortion because of that, right? And if you swapped it and you did those things in the morning instead of at night, you'd feel it, right? The next concept, time constraints. And, and that's basically what things you allow to constrain your time. And that's kind of uh, brings up kind of the concept of boundaries, right? When you can, you can create boundaries that prevent things from constraining your time or allowing certain things to constrain your time in order to plan something else that you want to do, right? Uh, time variables, right? Planning, strategy, action, and then the concepts of, of procrastination or putting something off by using time, and patience, right? And the difference between being patient about something that you can't control and then just waiting around for things to happen when they're not. And then the last category, time matching and time synchronization. And that brought up the concepts of time rhythm, the rhythm of time, right? Just like the rhythm of music, um, which is also a use of time. Um, and then kind of the tempo of things, the tempo of life, um, the tempo of the things that you organize in your day. If you restructure your day by moving things around, you can change the tempo of the day, right? depending on which, whether it's a weekday or a weekend day. And then also kind of the concept of taking time off, taking a vacation, rebooting, resetting, and then midlife crisis and other life crises. And then how to jump back in after you've taken a break. And then last, um, the, you know, the timing of actions, right? Which re requires planning and kind of forethought and strategy. So anyway, that is the podcast on time. If you have trouble managing your time, or being productive or efficient, or you feel like you're burned out or exhausted, please call my office and schedule an appointment. I would love to help you work through that. I have specific techniques that I use to help people uh, with managing time, with taking time off, with rebooting, with getting past exhaustion uh, and burnout. Uh, and I can tell you, if you're burned out, you're not being efficient or productive. So you need a reboot, right? And you're going to be further ahead later on if you go ahead and do that even though you might feel like you're going to lose time um at the you know at the current 
moment, you're going to regain so much more later. And then also, if you have things like ADHD, ADD, if you have trouble with concentration, focus, attention, uh, procrastination, dreading stuff, um, if you have problems with productivity, uh, efficiency, uh, or distractions, please schedule an appointment at my office. So again, this is Dr. David with the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, time is your greatest asset or it can be your worst liability depending on how you use it, right? Just like anything else, time is a measurement and it might be a measurement of the movement of life or the clock of life. So definitely, if you don't manage or learn to manage anything else, learn to manage your time because it's the greatest commodity that you have. So anyway, thanks so much for tuning in again. Also, stay tuned for the next episode, which will be the episode that I do on self-love, self-care. You definitely got to tune in. That's really, really important, and that's also related to time. You've got to take time for self-care and self-love because if you don't do that, you're going to stay in a state of burnout, right? Kind of a negative oscillation of exhaustion and just kind of being having a lack of energy and not being productive or efficient. So anyway, stay tuned for that. Uh, check out my Facebook groups, especially the Grow, capital G-R-O-W group, which is giving you free daily positive affirmations, motivational quotes um, on a daily basis for free that you can share with others. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye.